Welcome everyone to Under the Fig Tree. The last episode ended with Bruce and Troy having a discussion about the fallacy of the believer living their best life now. We're going to continue that discussion now under the fig tree. Uh, you know, detached from me. No. Um, the Jesus I met said, you know, I'm the vine. Yeah. And you're the branches. Yeah. You know, and, and when he told me that, he said, look, as the vine, I can live independent of you. But there's no way you can live independent from me. Oh, my. You need me. Oh, boy. And this is something um, when I teach about, I believe that's John 15. Mm-hmm. When I teach John 15, one thing I, I try to stress to the believers, if since he's divine, I shouldn't say if, but since he's divine and we are the branches, we have to adopt this mentality that if it does not come from the vine, it's not for me. That's That's it. It's not for me. Doesn't matter how good it looks. Doesn't it. matter how profitable it could be. If it doesn't come from the vine, it is not for you. Yeah. So everything yeah. we need comes from the vine. Yeah. Every everything you need comes from the vine. And if it doesn't come from the vine, be okay with backing away from it. Wow, man. Be okay with backing away from it. That reminds me of what Paul said. I think that's over there in First Corinthians ten. I think he said, "All things are expedient unto me." but all things don't profit. Right. And then, okay, to drive the point home, he says it again like this, all things are expedient unto me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of them. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I like that. Because Paul is saying, I I know I have the freedom. Mm -hmm. You know why? Okay. This is how I see what Paul is saying. This is how Bruce sees what Paul said there. Because I've been freed from religion. Mm Mm-hmm. I know I have the freedom to do way more than religion allowed me to do when I was under that yoke. But I also have walked long enough with, with Jesus to recognize that though I have the freedom to do more than religion allowed me to do when I was under that yoke, I also now recognize that not all of what I'm now free to do and engage in is going to be profitable for where I'm going with him. That's how I read that. I think that's a good way to look at it. That's how I read that, man. So one of the things we also talked about was this Nazarite oath. Yeah. And we did talk about that, and there's two good examples in the Old Testament. Um, You have one example uh, with Samson. You have the other example to the other extreme almost with Samuel. Yeah. Both their parents had dedicated them. Uh, to this oath, and they were dedicated for life. Yeah. And one of them took it serious, and the other one didn't. You know, and there's there was nothing sinful, you know, necessarily with the actions yes. that, that you were swearing away from, but it goes back to what you were saying, too. Um, yeah, it's all legal. Yeah. It's all lawful. Right. But it's not profitable. Right. So cutting your hair was not necessarily yeah. sinful. Touching the dead body was not necessarily simple. Somebody had to carry away the dead bodies yeah. and bury them. Right. You know, so some of the things they swore off were not necessarily sinful, but they weren't profitable. Yeah. In, in some ways, I believe that what we need to get back to, and this is just as believers, it's just the way I see it. There's some of those things that are not necessarily sinful, but let's push them away for the sake of Christ. Yes. And for what he's called us to do. Sure. Samuel's result, because he kept his oath, the Bible said that none of his words fell to the ground. Yeah. Which means yeah. everything he spoke, yep. it had power behind it. Yep. Samson, on the other hand, 
Samson, on the other hand, did not take his oath quite as seriously. (laughs) (laughs) And it was to his detriment. Yes. It was to his detriment. Great example. Looking at those two and comparing them, juxtaposing them against one another, you know, we can see what happens when you do. Yeah. um, and, And honestly, when you look at Samson, Samson is a great picture of people. Wanting to live their best life. One, well, exactly. He's a great picture of that. You know, detached from God, it's a great picture of him wanting to live oh, his man, best life. That is so good, Troy. And this is where this is this is what we can't fall prey to. Let's keep what we said we were gonna do. Let's keep what we said we were gonna do. If we're gonna follow Jesus, let's follow him. Mm. Let's follow him. And if we're not gonna follow him, then don't follow him, but don't be lukewarm. Don't sit in the middle. So let me ask you a question about Samson, because I think this will help our listeners. Sure. Samson, I'm going to use the term anointed. Samson had a particular gift from God. Mm -hmm. In the movies, they always make Samson, you know, he has all these muscles and looks like Hercules. (laughs) I always picture Samson as this little plain dude. I do too. You know, because that makes more sense that he could lift cars if cars were you know if they (laughs) boulders and stuff like that you know well just to look at the scripture delilah asked him where do you get your strength from exactly it wasn't obvious question you know if it was obvious you know so but 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 here's something that i thought about when you when you when you brought that up look at people today who have talent i'm talking about within the body of christ Mm -hmm. many many have talent I know this might hurt some people's feelings. I'm not calling any names. There's a lot of talent. A few are anointed. Okay? I'm going to leave that on the table right there, and then we're going to walk away from it and keep talking. Okay? (laughs) Within the body of Christ, there's a lot of talent, and there's some who are actually anointed. Got you. One of the things that, that has been a concern of mine for years, and I've spoken to it for years a lot individually, is the idea that I trust in the talent that God's given me while I continue to try to live my best life. Mm. And because the talent wasn't taken away, I fall into deception thinking that God is okay with me trying to live my so-called best life because the talent or the anointing, I got my quote fingers up, right. or the anointing is still there. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm not really going after Jesus like that, I can still get up and I can tear the house down with my music, with my singing, with my preaching. Yes. I think that's an issue. And I saw that as you were talking out the idea mm-hmm. of Samson trying to live his best life, but still for a season having the strength that he had been given. It's, it's man, I, so, I, I think it's relevant. I think it is too. So since, since we're Old Testament, let's stay Old Testament okay. real quick, right? <laughs> um, Moses was told to build a tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And he was told to build this tabernacle after the pattern I show you. Right. So God didn't leave it up to Moses to build it the way he, he thought it should be built. Oh, that's so good. He said, build it how I show you. And Moses built it. <sighs> just as God showed it. So God, upon his inspection, after he inspected it, before the tabernacle was opened, and you got to remember, everything in the tabernacle, not just the tabernacle itself, but everything in it was built exactly how God said to build it. Right. 
Here's the funny part. There was nothing used in that tabernacle until it was until oil was poured on it. Yeah. Right. The oil represents the anointing. Mm-hmm. We didn't put anything into service until it was anointed. Not talented, mm. not gifted, mm. but anointed. Wow. Right? Wow. So it doesn't matter how well you can sing, doesn't matter how well you can preach, doesn't matter how well you can do any. If you were not anointed, it did not get used. Oh, boy. If we could ever get the church back to that, if we could ever get the body of Christ back to that, that you are, we're not going to use your gifts. We're not going because here's the truth about it. Uh-huh. Your gift doesn't destroy the, the yokes. Oh, boy. Right? It, your, your, your talent doesn't destroy the yokes. Oh, wow. What, what destroys the yoke? The it's anointing. the anointing. And I know sometimes, and I'm going to say this, I'm saying it intentionally because a lot of times we say that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Well, here's the deal. If it's broken, it can be put back together. But That's if it's exactly destroyed, right. then there's no, there's, there's no more use there's for no it. recovery. What we need is the anointing of God to be in operation. Yeah. Not just on the first and third Sunday. Oh, boy. Not just on the fifth Sunday. Come on, dude. We need the anointing of God to be in operation in every single meeting. Come on. Prayer meetings, Bible studies. Uh, uh, listen, even, even the meetings that you have with your fal- faculty, Mm. Even those meetings with the staff meeting, we need the anointing to be in operation at every meeting. If we go out on the street and witness, the anointing needs to be present. And the thing about it is I think we go with people that are willing, people that are able, but not necessarily people that are anointed. Boy, that's so good. That's so good, man. As you were speaking now, we're, we're, we're kind of jumping back and forth from New Testament to Old Testament. I think that's a good thing mm-hmm. because we can cover. It's the all gam- relevant. We can cover the <laughs> gamut. It's all relevant. While you were speaking, talking about patterns, listen to this. Philippians 3, verse 2. Beware of dogs. <laughs> beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. My point is not about the dogs and the evil workers, but speaking to the pattern mm-hmm. and following the pattern yes. that God set. There was a point in time, here we go back in the Old Testament, there was a point in time where God gave Abraham an instruction to circumcise. Mm-hmm. Size is the cutting part. Circum is how to do it. Mm-hmm. Cut in a circle right? Circumcise, cut in the pattern that I give you. That's right. So now that was Abraham, right? Gets, gets an instruction from God, circumcise right. everybody in your house, right? All the males in your house, right? Okay. Now we come all the way over to Philippians two. You got to do it the way God says, otherwise you'll cause mutilation. That's right. When it says, beware of concision, that word concision literally can be translated mutilation. You're cutting, but not according to the pattern. Right. You it's see. Yeah. So it just I thought about that as you were explaining, you know, the, this whole idea of following God's pattern. So now let's bring it home to where we live today, because that's the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Following or going after your best life, there's a greater opportunity for you to cut out a pattern for your life that literally that that creates mutilation 
because it may not be the pattern that God has, you know, has set out for you to follow. So being told no, going back to what you said earlier, being told no by your father is not punishment. It's protection. It's protection. Thank oh, you. Oh, boy. Thank you. Listen, the Bible says this about Jesus, and he's our example in all things. A wise man told me that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is our example in all things. <laughs> but but I think what the Bible tells us about Jesus is said that he learned obedience through oh. the things that he suffered. Come on, dude. Suffered. According to the world's definition of living your best life, suffering's not going to be in that. No. But it was through the obedience. Yes. Or through the suffering in which he learned obedience. Yes. So if we if we now and I'm not saying go from one ditch to the other. That's right. not what I'm saying, right. you know. Right, right, right. right, right I'm right. not saying that you you know there's balance in all of this. Yes. There's balance in all. But you have to understand you don't determine what the balance is. That's right. Holy Spirit determines what the balance is for you. That's right. So if we understand Jesus walking here in the earth, that's our pattern. When 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 the Bible says told Moses, build it after the pattern that I show you. Yeah. That that whole tabernacle itself is a representation of Jesus Christ. He is the pattern that God showed us. Mm. So we're supposed to build our lives after that pattern. Yes. And even he, through suffering, learned obedience. So it's not all this, you know, I get everything I want and and I'm going to show off everything I got. And it's not about that. It never has been about that. It never has been. If this life that we have chosen was about uh, uh, just going to heaven at the point of salvation, you would have been gone. Yes. You would have been gone. Yeah. But why are you here? You're not here for yourself. You're here for everybody else. Yes. And we have to understand that Jesus wasn't here for himself. He had no need of salvation. Mm. He had no need of salvation. He had no need to be redeemed. So why was he here for everybody else? Yeah. And he's the pattern in which God yeah. showed us that we're supposed yeah. to live by. Absolutely. So let's just live by that instead of letting everybody else give us these different sayings and stuff like that. And then we start to build our lives after that pattern. Yeah. I mean, he, he makes it really plain once again um, that um, it's, it's going after him that you will find your best life. Absolutely. He makes it so plain that it's going after him. I know that there are people who will probably say, well, what about the scripture that says that he, that, that he gave us life and that life more abundantly? What about that? <laughs> well, I mean, one scripture doesn't override another scripture. So if he tells you to take up your cross, the same one who tells you that, you know, he gave life and that life more abundantly is the same one that tells you to take up your cross, mm-hmm. is the same one that tells you to, to deny yourself. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Is the same one that tells you to bring that bring that flesh under some control. Mm-hmm. Is the same one that, speaking of control, says, "Go ahead and go ahead and have some self control." And while you're at it, you know, have have you know, work in that other eight uh, fruit of the spirit. You know, work that other eight in there as well, right? It's the same one who said, "You shall have life and have it more abundantly." So obviously, the definitions have been warped. Correct. The definitions have changed 
the definitions have at some point we've picked up the world's definition of what it means to live a good life. I'm not even going to say best this time <laughs> to live a good life. That's what right. does a good life in Christ look like? Can you live a good life in Christ and only have five chickens? Yeah, I got you. Can you live a good life in Christ and and but you live in a really small, you know, tenement somewhere? That's an old school word, tenement. You <laughs> <laughs> had to break that one out. I had today. to break that one out. I had to break it out, man. <laughs> you, you know, you gotta you gotta break out at least one word that you don't use normally, you know, regular sentence, you know, once a day. What 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 does it look like? And that's really, I think, all we want to do is get people to think about, man, what does my life look like right now? What am I really going after? Am I going after him or am I going after, somebody said it like this, am I going after his hand That's right. or his heart? That's right. Troy, there is something that's happening in the body of Christ. I believe it with all my heart. We were in prayer together last night. Yep. And I uh, and I and I I made this this particular announcement. I want to make it again on this broadcast. I believe that God is in the process of pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. Yes, I really believe that. I believe that we're in a ten-year um, uh, transitional state or process with God. One of those years has already gone by, and we knew what that was like, 2020. Everybody's glad to see 2020 go. (laughs) But I said this, and I'll say it again on record, but it's not over. And I don't mean that in a negative way. What I mean is is that God has decided that he will have a church without spot or wrinkle. He's decided that he's going to pour out his, his spirit upon all flesh and sons and daughters will prophesy and young men will dream dreams and That's old right. men will see visions and, you know, the heavens are going to open up. But where do they open up, Troy? They open up on the inside of us. That's right. It's the opening up of ourselves to where we can really see him as he really is. I absolutely believe that. But until we're willing, just like you always say, there is no... There is no revival without repentance. That's right. Read it. Go and find it in the book. That's right. There's plenty of scripture that points to it. There is no revival without repentance. That's right. You see? And so what is God doing? As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. Right? The dude that wrote that was in trouble. He wasn't tiptoeing through the tulips. <laughs> he was in trouble when right. he wrote that. And it caused his heart to cry out to God and say, oh, God, I got to have you. I got to have you. Not for goosebumps. I got to have you so that I know that I know that I know. Because what happens if he allows the time and the place that we're living in, it seems so impossible, but it's not. What happens if the whole body has to go underground? What happens when persecution comes to the American shores in such a way that, you know, they're not just saying, no, no, now you can't, you can't go to church right now, wear your mask. No, they're putting people in jail. Maybe, they're, maybe they've gotten so far as lining up people for firing squad for believing in Jesus. What happens then? Right. Real persecution. Real persecution. Yeah. 
like so many other of our brothers and sisters are going through right now. What happens then? So if anything, I, I think my last statement is, you know, <laughs> this is my first closing, but anyway. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I want to I encourage you guys. I know Troy wants to encourage you guys. Just think about it. Think about what God is doing. God told me, he said, I'm going to sneak up on people. He said, I'm going to sneak up on people, not just outside of the church, but inside the church as well. I'm going to sneak up on people because I'm beginning to pour my spirit out on all flesh. And I want people to want me because this really is the last great push before Jesus returns. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. Um, I think um, if I had to cap uh, this whole conversation off, I would say this, um, and specifically to church leaders, specifically. I think we have this idea that success is measurable. Mm. I think we have this idea success is measurable. I was looking at something on social media, and I don't know, maybe some, some folks, some of our listeners have seen this too. And I saw this little video that was being advertised, how to grow your church from 200 to 2,000. Yeah, I saw that. Um, how to how to grow a church. Listen, if the first statement in that, that whole growing the church thing yes. is not where the Bible says, unless God builds the house, your labor is in vain. If yes. that's not the first statement, I really don't want to read it. Right. Because now I have to ask you, who whose kingdom are you building? Yes, yes. You know, is it his or is it yours? Yeah. And one thing I I would help, I would want to help people with this, especially church leadership, is success is not measurable in the way that you think that it is. That's right. Living your best life is not measurable in the way that you think it is. Your job and my job starts and it ends with obedience. Yeah. Plain and simple. <laughs> your job and my job starts and ends with obedience, not with how many people show up, not with how many people tune in to listen to this podcast. At the end of the day, God asks you, did you do what I told you to do? And if you say yes, and that's the correct answer, then you, you are successful. If you did what God told you to do, you are successful. Doesn't matter how many people show up. Doesn't matter how many people tune in. None of that other stuff matters. None of it. Did you do what he told you to do? And if you can answer and say yes to that, yeah. then you are successful. If you can answer yes to that, then guess what? You are living your best life <laughs> as long as you walk in obedience. Uh, this is my second closing. <laughs> <laughs> the very last scripture that I have written down in my notes is Isaiah 1, 19. Mm -hmm. If you be willing and obedient, then you shall eat the good of the land. That's right. You see, if you be willing and obedient, what you just said. Right. We didn't compare notes. No, we didn't. We just got on the mic. That's right. And started talking. My very last note is Isaiah 1, 19. If you be willing and obedient, then you shall eat the good of the land. So, so we don't like to think that God has standards and that he has requirements, but he does. Absolutely does. He does. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them, willing and obedient, you know, opens the door to things. Does he provide for us? Absolutely he does. Does he care for us? Absolutely he does. But there's something about willing and obedient. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that that uh you know, that that does something else 
because it's about relationship now. It's not about box checking. Yeah. It's about relationship. Absolutely. Great conversation. I really, I really believe that our, our listeners uh, will get something out of this. There's so much good stuff in this conversation. And the reason there's so much good stuff is not because it's you and because it's me. It's because we came from the book. You know, so once you present the book, and, and let me say, let me say this too, because I've I've said this before in groupings. It, once I give you the book, your issue really isn't with me, right? You know, because I didn't write the book. So just <laughs> listen before you you start emailing us and saying, "Hey, <laughs> you but guys, what about?" Yeah, you guys are off your rocker and all this. Get listen, we just came from the book. That's it. So really, your your issue is not with us. Listen, I'm so glad you took time out to join us under the fig tree. Uh, we really do appreciate your listenership. Uh, this is Troy. This is Bruce. And we will see you next time under the fig tree.